February 15th, 2011. Here's a Watt from Pedro's show. Thank you. 
live from Pedro show on another Tuesday. Looks like rain's coming, brother man. Yeah, it does. It does, yeah. Gray. Ah, you heard words from our guest. Yeah. That's right. That that is me. Danny Frankel. I walked here from East Hollywood. No, that's fiction. No, I drove and uh Well, you're all cannonball now. There you go. <laughs> now the rain is looking good. It's good for the trees, good for the air. Yeah. It's a good Just song. Not too much, right? Right. <laughs> uh, deluge and mudslide. <laughs> East Hollywood get flushed away. Oh yeah, what would they do? Uh, started the show off with John Coltrane doing uh, "Blues to Elvin." Take three. It's an alternate. Yeah. You, uh, you can hear some spiel there at the end. And then we heard Gypsy Capster, Mr. Danny Frank, on his latest oh, release cool. with uh, right. Mr. Nels Klein. Huh? Larry Golding. Yeah. Uh, the Interplanetary Note Beat Conference. That's it. Yeah. Heavy and stuff. What do you want to tell me about that? Okay, you can get it on um, CD Baby, and also this good friend of mine, Husky, has a um, digital, what is it called? Like a digital record company, I guess it's called. And it's called groundlift.org, and you can get it on that too. And... Um, let me see. Well, how'd the project come apart? Uh, about, not apart, but about. That's right. How? Oh, because um, I was on this really long tour, and at the end of uh, the tour book, you know, where all those blank pages are, yeah. I just, like, write different ideas. Like, not really write music, but different ideas, like an image, like, um, um, that, like, it's the year 1967, there's, a, like, three or four of us driving in a car, and it's in Israel, and it's just, like, a weird scene, you know, then... That actually, that became sixty-seven. The, you got oh, it, like the Six Days War. You got and the Summer of Love. Oh, okay. Wait, what did you just say? The Six Days <laughs> War was it? Was that sixty-seven? It was around there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, be driving around. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That, I don't know. Maybe that, I'm wrong in the dates. But and then that became that. that became the tune you just played. Okay. And uh, so then, let me see. So after the this tour. Um, Luckily, Nels and Larry were available for a few days at my friend's studio and got together and played. And uh, What, to realize that, these things in the blank pages? Indeed, yeah. And those guys are so great. They're great listeners, and, yeah. and they made everything just sound so cool and fun. And um, I always wanted a record like that. You know, it's kind of unpretentious, but, but it's like uh, out there at the same time. You know, so it's yeah. like for the people. It's not like uh, some elite thing where no right. one knows oh, yeah. you know, what's going on. And then, uh, you want see. to climb up into your own belly button, choke <laughs> yeah. to death on the lid. <laughs> Speaking then, of Middle East, uh, we should sing a big hooray to uh, yeah. Egypt. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Wow. <laughs> wow, can you believe? And then this shit storms in a right? lot of the lands over there. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah right? It's definitely. Yeah, it's like this domino, domino effect now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, remember? We both said domino all two, all those years three times. We school with domino effect. Mm. It was yep. always a bad thing. Now, it can be a good There thing. it is. Man, that was exciting, like watching all those people in the center of town. <laughs> Can we talk wow. about how you got into music? How old were you? Let me see. Um, how old was that? It was like around elementary school. and um, Where part? Where about? In uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, which is around three miles away from Washington, D.C., yeah. where, where I later moved to, um, like after high school, because yeah, it was great there. Uh, a lot of people from different countries were there, all these museums, parks, yeah, right. really cool music. Um, 
You know, like what for, happened in grade school in Silver Spring? Okay, um, the, so like the these great jazz players were out, like Gene Krupa. My father took me to uh, this little joint in downtown D.C., and I saw him. And then uh, the Beatles, of course, and Ed Sullivan, and then uh, surf bands, then uh, a lot of the, the jazz stuff. I, I was totally – I was really mesmerized but when uh, – There'd be a jazz group, and they'd play like a, I don't know, like a quote unquote rock tune. But the the beat, you know, the the backbeat would be displaced. You know, it wouldn't be on two and four all the time. It'd kind of shift sure. around. And you're like, wow, this is really great. And then uh, what if maybe it was Moses Allison was the guy they heard do that. But generally, but mostly it was. Firstly, it was uh, the Beatles and the whole English invasion thing and the surf. Music. In grade school, then, you said I want to play drums. Yeah, and and my brother was playing guitar. And oh, he I, was already doing that. He was. Yeah, we, we both kind of started on the same time, and we both uh, practiced at the same time, but not listen to each other. Oh, <laughs> yeah. know that. You know that. You know, you know that, that one. <laughs> the concept. <It's> terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um. It was great. You know, so we, right we away, you got a drum set. Huh? You saw you just saw yeah. Kuma. I want a drum set. Yeah, it started with a snare drum, and then there's this uh, woman named Vera Allen. I still remember her name. She'd walk up and down the street, and she would teach people different instruments. And then what she would do? What, you oh, were out there with the snare drum? Yeah, she get she would appear. Then she'd give me a, a book and a stamp. God, this is like old <laughs> stuff. And then the, the the stamp to put in the book. And then when I get enough, I'd get. Uh, like my brother would be able to get a guitar string. This really wacky, oh, right? And then, or me drumsticks. And, yeah, then, then it added, it built up to the the drum kit. Yeah. And then. Uh, but you started with the snare. Yeah, and then, uh, oh, then my father came home from work. This is great, and he said, "If you want to learn how to play drums, uh, a friend of mine at work said you have to play bongos first. And this was like back then, you know. And, and uh, I've always been into the, that a lot. So, did the bongos come before the snare? Um, no, um, a little bit after, and um, and then later I started like rediscovering and searching the great bongo stuff, like the bongos in uh, the soundtrack, "The Touch of Evil." Yeah, the great. And then sure. uh, I want to live, you know, with uh, Susan Hayward. Then uh, man, all, all the really even and the like the rock stuff or "For Your Love," the Yardbirds, where yeah, there would be bongos. Yeah. <laughs> that cool thing at the end where he slows down. Um, Mission Impossible. There was all oh yeah. That. So yeah, it, little it, drama, little definitely so, a dramatic so, so, thing. Uh, and are, the, you, are you playing in the school band at this time? I I was, but I, I didn't. I think I wasn't. Uh, I don't know what the word is like aggressive enough or something. So I I kind of stand back and 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 uh, act funny. You know, I, I wouldn't wouldn't say like, okay, man, I want to take you know the loudest part or something. Right. I was well, kind of in the back. Drummers. Yeah, there would be like three or four. Then yeah. eventually, I were you in the marching band? I was. Yeah. It, it, I, I think it didn't work out that great. I remember I have this memory of a teacher and like a loudspeaker yelling, "Danny Franco, you look horrible." <laughs> it was kind of just <laughs> fucked up. So I, what? What was this, great? This is the, the skill of being a teacher. You know, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Finding the right words <laughs> to inspire. <laughs> yeah, you have to have the right. Uh, you know that technique. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, had a music teacher. He told me, did you, know, you try hard, but you ain't got it, man. But Why you stop wasting your time and my time. And our, he looked at the class. 
power time. Uh, like, oh, God, that's such a yeah, classic man. thing. <laughs> Make my bow here. <laughs> Take my bow. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Luna. His name was Mr. Luna. Really? But I've always wanted to visit him. And, 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 and do what? Did. Did. Just say, hey, guess what I do for a living? Uh, <laughs> So I never took another music class after that. All I learned about yeah. music was with D. Boone. And, you know, wow, yeah, there you go. But uh, it, it kind of crippled me. It was seventh grade. Oh, yeah? So I was like 12. Yeah. Here, right? In, in it was, uh, yeah, up the road a little. They don't call but, it Pedro anymore, but Dotson, right? Mm-hmm. It was a junior high. But, and, but uh, that's what it gave me the clarinet. I wanted oh, to yeah? saxophone with 30 other guys. They ran right. out, so they gave me a clarinet. And I, for 10 weeks, I tried on the licorice stick, you know? Right. And he, he gave, read me that inspiring, uh, well-chosen words. So, <laughs> uplifters. <laughs> uplifting grief. To send me right up and out of the classroom. <laughs> but anyway, that... I was helping everyone, right? Because I was wasting time. But that's so what it took to... I had to liberate them from my hell. Yeah. Then you, you met your people, right? And that's... Was me too, you know. That's when it got good. That's what this uh, Paul Motion, who I study with, I was his only student. He, he said to me, um, he "said just get together with your friends, you know, and play that way." And that's how I. I did. It, it, that's the way to go. <laughs> Thank you, know? you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but but you 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 were still in, in the school thing. Yeah, I was. Yeah. But you were playing at home with your brother. Did you guys make a band? We had a band, and then we played at different uh, youth centers around town. Oh, wait, I just remember one thing. Um, at one time in the school band, uh, a friend of mine that I met there, he took me into the, to the classroom early, and get this, he played me Spiritual Unity, the Albert Eiler record, yeah. and the teacher came in and he goes, hey, Dan, seems like you're getting spiritually united. <laughs> and he was like a real straight guy. He looked like Mr. Mitchell from Dennis the Menace. But <laughs> he, he knew. He, he knew, yeah. And, and yeah, during the class, knew. I thought he was this guy that was... That was uh, yeah. Wow. But, and then Looks later, can yeah, be uh, deceiving. I, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty wild. And that's a trip to get in high school somebody. I didn't hear Definitely, about that yeah, stuff until I met punk people. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't know anybody at school. I really loved how this stuff related, like like a hardcore punk with like, like avant-garde jazz. That's where I learned all about it. Petty Bone played me uh, Train. Did he? First time. Yeah, I, did. Wow, so that I grew up in Navy Housing and here at Pedro, at Pedro High and Dodson. Nobody ever talked about it. The big bands in those days was uh, Grand Funk. All right, Mark, Don, and Mel. <laughs> and uh, Jay Giles. Jay Giles. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So it's like a, right, that's... So like, that, and that's it. In those days, funk. Uh, the 70s, early 70s, yeah. at least any, everyone I knew... Uh, about the most wild would be Jimmy. And Jimmy was wild. Jimmy had Yeah, that was good. But that was yeah, the that was most. Exciting. No one knew about these other musics at all. Oh, right. You know. The more you obscure They didn't stuff. go back. You'd only go back like five years maximum. Right. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Uh, I was always interested. I tell people like, about that. My, my 70s things, it was kind of closed-minded. Yeah. Like generation. no one... No one was interested, like who, like how someone got influenced. Yeah, like like yeah, where they, the yeah, like learn their stuff from. I, I I remember reading in interviews, some guys, especially the England guys, would always acknowledge blues guys. That's so right. That's, I yeah. had one hint that rock came from some of the blues, but I didn't know yeah. the jazz angle at all, zero. Just didn't know. The jazz thing. Just fucking didn't know, and it was. So anyway. 
Okay, you hear some Isler? You haven't made a band yet, though. Well, my brother and I had casually, we would, we had like a garage, we it's did have a garage band, rock. Right? Yeah, we'd play out. Ain't we doing gigs. No, we, we played a little bit of these youth centers, uh, like in Bethesda, Maryland, Wheaton, Maryland, a few times in town, Washington, D.C. One time we saw... Um, would they be, like dances? Or? Yeah, the, really young people. Wow, I mean, there must have been like junior high school people like, dancing. It's kind of funny. Uh, um, so were you writing we, tunes yet? No, no, it was all cover Copying off of, records, yeah, that's yeah, and like the top forty. Stuff. I didn't write any song. I wrote one song before. Did punk. you? Only one song before punk. It was called. I've told this on the show about a hundred times. It was called Mr. Bass, King of Outer Space. Right. And it was about playing this bass solo and blowing everybody off the stage. Retarded <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Can't remember how it goes, but it was obviously reflecting my insecurities about my uh, hierarchy in the. Pyramid of rock. The field, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever want to play guitar instead of bass? No, no. Yeah. Uh, at first, I thought bass was a guitar. I didn't know the strings were bigger because the arena rock. I'd never been to a club till punk, so everything was very far away. Wow. So I didn't really know. You never been to a club oh till punk? Is yeah, it, I hadn't been to a club. Oh, I'd been yeah, to like okay. Long Beach Arena, the Forum, yeah. Long Beach Auditorium, Santa Monica. Fender's City. Ballroom, right? Was not that even a place? that. Yeah. Nothing that small. So yeah. I was never close to the bands. I never right, saw right, them right, close. Right. And you really didn't have like the shit hard centers and shit. There was pawn shops. And in fact, that's where we got our first guitars. And that's why I did it first was play a guitar with, with just four strings. Mm-hmm. But, but what time oh, did you cool. get all the trap kit together? That was... Um, you were adding a piece at a time? Hell yes. Like that Johnny Cash song, one part of a time. It went, remember that Johnny Cash song? He's stealing no, shit from Now I do. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to put together a car, car with all the parts he's kiping from the factory. It's pretty wacky. <laughs> so, yeah. one, and it's called One Piece at a Time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you yeah. put together traps at yeah, one Yeah, piece I think it was like, yeah, like the end of junior high school. So that, okay. that seems right. And that you're was doing good. the sock cops and shit or whatever, the little junior high dances, but you're not... Yeah, and playing in the neighborhood. And, well, and, were uh, you the older brother or the younger brother? The younger brother. Okay, so you oh. were taking the head slaps. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what, then, uh... <laughs> I know from the Meat Puppets, the Kirkwood. In fact, I uh, got called today, uh, the guy's writing a book on the Meat Puppets. Oh, yeah. I don't know about well, the, 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 he the Kirkwood brother info. dynamics. I said, well... Kurt was the older one, so I think he came and played the older brother role. And uh, Chris was a young one, so I think he ended up playing the younger yeah. <laughs> brother role. <laughs> yeah. Like a TV show. <laughs> yeah. Was that Wally and Beef? Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> There's a lot of backhanded in that show. There should have been for Eddie. <laughs> Man. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, we should uh, explain to the listeners. Uh, what time period is this? Oh, what year? Um, whoa, yeah, th- this would be coming on to, like, early 70s. Okay. It's a great time, you know, like, in D.C., you know, with, yeah. like, yeah, with the whole culture thing, like, music, you know, and people standing yeah. up for themselves and art and... Hell, yeah. So, uh, do you see. take it further? Obviously, you did. So how? Yeah, you know, I just kept on playing. Um, oh, what happened? I played in a lot of different groups. In, in, oh, you uh, start playing with people besides w- your brother? With other people, yeah. In high school. Yeah, that was great. 
some of the like the Motown stuff and rock stuff. Then um, I went to I went to school in Rhode Island for one year, and then at at um, Brown University in Providence, yeah. uh, Keith Jarrett Quartet was playing with yeah. Paul Motion. I was always been a fan of his. And because um, I like when he would play rock and kind of play loose, you know, and, yeah. and I saw him on TV with Arlo Guthrie and, and he played Woodstock with him and uh, just the way we, he'd play really great. So I, I walked up to him after the show and I, I said, do you teach? And he goes, no, not really. But if you're ever in New York, look me up. You know, so I, I did that. So for like two years, I'd take a bus or a train from from Rhode Island or from D.C. when I, I moved back to D.C. after school and it would study with him it was great it was like really conceptual like he would give me piano music and tell me to, to read to, to play uh, the rhythm of that and tell me to think of colors and it was very uh, oh, conceptual you know and very Jones, cool uh, different drummer documentary oh yeah I saw that a long time ago well, yeah he, he talks about colors when he's that's drumming. great yeah the, uh, different drums different symbols are different colors yeah yeah you're a fan of Elvin, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, me too. Did you get to see, I him? see him many times? I, I saw him Raymond. many times. Catalina, last time was at the, the bakery, and we saw Charlie Watts there with uh, Les McCann. Charlie had like three overcoats oh, on. Wow. <laughs> he had what? Like three overcoats on. He did. Yeah, he. I met him through um, Jim Keltner. And he and he had this really funny handshake. Uh, my wife can do it really well. It's like this loose fish kind of thing. It was great. Charlie loose Watts. Fish. Charlie Watts. Yeah. Yeah. He was, and great. he was watching, and Elvin was you know Les was yelling at him, and she come on, you motherfucker. And what? Like well, now Elvin oh, Jones yeah. is playing with Les McCann. No. Les is in the crowd with Charlie. Okay. Front yeah. Row. Because I, yeah, I never heard. Yeah. Heckling him. Heckling Charlie him. wasn't heckling, but Les was. Right. He was in a chair. Yeah. Maybe stroke or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Too much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe 15 times. I saw him so much. Because oh, he lived wow. in Nagasaki, and so his first gigs would be here. Jazz, uh, jazz machine. Jazz machine. We're like, every, everyone would wear the T-shirts, right? <laughs> Not him, though. But all his young guys Elf would have the iron on, machine. and you could tell it was the first day. It'd be all hard. And, oh, like the decal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> okay, so yeah. uh, after this, this uh, tutelage. Tutelage. New York City tutelage. Yeah, that was great. You know, I, I, I like to seek out other people, too, like the, the principal timpanist with the National Symphony. I studied with him, then out here with... Different people, people from different. Well, what brought you out here? What I was in this. I was in a band in in D.C. It was called the Urban Verbs, and there's kind of yeah. There, I mean, there is a, obviously there's a Talking Heads connection. The, the drummer of the Talking Heads, well, Rhode Island. That's where they're from, or, or they went to Brown University. Almost all of them, yeah, except for Jerry. But I mean, but to see the drummer, Chris, his younger brother is Roddy France, who's the singer of the band that I was in, the Urban Verbs. Ah. And uh, it sounded similar, but we had our own thing also, and that was great. And we we played a lot. We played at CBGBs like in '78, you know, when you can really feel there's something in the air. We yeah. got to see a lot of the, those bands back then, like Pierubu, like early B52s. That's totally you see cool. Voidoids? Did you see Richard Hill? I did. Yeah, Richard Hill and Voidoids. Ah, yeah, okay. that was they're my favorite. I like television a lot, but something about the Voidoids, how primitive uh, and angular Mark and Bell weird at they the were. Time who turned it, into Marky Ramone. Exactly. Yeah. 
He used to be in a band called Dust. I think he was like a hard rock kind of guy. He was good for Dust that band. Dust name. <laughs> Dust. Well, I guess it depends what time. But it, uh, late 70s for sure, because that's when I was hitting on that shit. <laughs> no, we did it for like a month. We didn't know what it was. They told us it was Mota. Right. Like concentrated. It yeah. was. It oh, was something like black ass. <laughs> Elephant tranquilizer. That was bullshit. In fact, when I saw Talking Heads in '77, they played the whiskey, and I was oh yeah, I slid in the mud all over my face. I couldn't even feel the shit. (laughs) I walk in the club, I'm screaming and hollering, and God, that was embarrassing. That was shameful. Yeah, yeah. Angel dust that Bill Scott (laughs) Harrington. Whack. Not happening. Good grief. We we stopped really quick. About a month. Or two months. Where'd you get it? Here, somebody. Here in this in aluminum in, in foil. This apartment? Was but no, not here. Not in the Love Grotto. <laughs> Brother of Matt has is not dusted. <laughs> He's not all shermed know. up. You know where you'd smell the sherm is like at the uh I remember I went I saw it, it was <laughs> P Funk and Barques and Lakeside and there was a lot of that oh my smell. God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I saw him in the Apollo once. Yeah, it, it, with the during the time of the Freak of the Week and the Mothership. And yeah, yeah. It, it was with with that band. There were verbs. We were in a limousine, and no one knew where we wanted to go or anything. So, so we, one person said, "Hey, I heard that uh, Parliament Funkadelics at the Apollo." So we went there. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, with riding the, around a limousine. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, we, no one knew where to. So uh, to do. L- let's play some music, and then we'll pick up. Great on your. Tale of your. Okay, your.
Watt for Pedro show. Uh, you just heard Acceleration by the Urban Verbs. Mr. Indeed. And he's been just talking about it. Before that, we had uh, Cigarette and Water. What was it? Uh, Cigarette and Water. It's a song by a band called Mila and the Geeks. Oh, Tokyo cool. band. Where are they from? Tokyo. Oh, wow. And cool. then we heard uh, Your Confusion, My <laughs> Illusion by Arrow Scream. And they're from uh, Sapporo, Hokkaido. Oh. And we started off with the Texas band, Austin band, called Many Birthdays in oh. You and Me. But they lived uh, some years in Osaka. Oh, wow. So that's a connection there. Indeed. So, yeah, the, the Urban Verbs, you're uh, playing in the big city with these guys. Yeah. Playing, playing CBs and part of that scene. Yeah, definitely. All of those places. Yeah, Peppermint Lounge. Oh, no. It, um, Peppermint Lounge. Peppermint Lounge. Yeah, Haraz. Did you? Yeah. Wow, cool. And I was going to say that um, the guy who signed us also signed Devo, and his name is Bob Krasnow, and he produced um, Strictly Personal, that great, great yeah, yeah. Captain Beefheart record. My favorite. But you know what, Captain Beefheart, they, I don't think they liked the mixing because on that. Because he put a face shifter on Yeah, he washed the fucking thing. I, I liked I it that it way. I thought it was trippy. Yeah. yeah. I never heard the other one. I, I heard there's a version, a bootleg out somewhere without face shifter. Oh, that's the clean, whatever you call it. They didn't, yeah, Wait, maybe they just didn't it. like him messing with it without permission or something but, uh but yeah so, so what happens you guys get signed yeah this is great i mean he's the guy who signed us to warner brothers yeah. and it was i can't believe it. it was like back in the day like each one of us signed a contract and like we we're part of this thing for like all oh, right for two years and and then we got and then we got dropped the, the they took the tour support out. We got completely dropped in the middle of a tour. But the sing, but the uh, guitar player, the way he was, he wouldn't want to tell. He didn't tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of those guys. Man, he was also. Uh, he eventually got a kidney transplant, but he he also was on. He had to go to these uh, medical centers to get uh, dialysized dialysis. Yeah. So he, so we'd have the itinerary on tour. On tour. So we yeah. had the. Itinerary for the gigs, also the itinerary for these medical centers. We have to wait in our van. Yeah. It's funny we were signed to Warner Brothers, but we were like in a van. You know, yeah. it was it was uh, it was it's not what you think. And uh, no, I was 14 years on Columbia, and I was in a van. I still right. am in a van. Van. It's all right. I like so. It's my van. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But you, th- you know, we thought you know this is a lot of the big deal now. The yeah. Warner Brothers, but um, so yeah, we let's see. Oh, we played in Italy. Oh, we played in Europe. Yeah, we did that for like a month. Yeah, then it was like when in '82 it, it, we stopped doing it. We just thought it wasn't like uh, didn't feel new anymore, you know. And then yeah. we started. It was pretty exciting. It was. It really felt like this avant-garde thing, you know, playing. Like that, you know, in the late seventies. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, now I mean, nowadays I like to tell people, yeah, I did, you know, then we when we moved here, I would tell people like I was in this band, you know, it was really cool and everything, but no one really gave a shit, you know, it, it didn't really didn't have any holding weight or anything. <laughs> but now I I, I tell people because uh, I just thought it was a kind of a cool thing, you know. And yeah. So what did you do after 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 that? You're living out here? Yeah, they, I, yeah. I came out here. I, I thought, hey, maybe I, I can keep on playing because um, I was playing in 
like accompanying dance classes in DC on percussion and playing with different people. But I thought if I come out here, maybe I'd be able to play more. And it was either here or New York, and we do everything ass backwards, my wife and I. So like we knew everyone in New York, and we even uh, um, applied for Manhattan Plaza, this, this subsidized apartment uh, building where you, you pay hardly anything. So, um, but we still moved out here, or we didn't know anyone. The first week we're out here, we got accepted to that Manhattan Plaza. But oh well, that that's baseball. Yeah. So it, we just stayed out here, and then um, I kind of got absorbed with this uh, troupe, uh, theater troupe called the Flying Karmasov Brothers. Are really yeah. funny. We they do these different uh, plays and stuff. And I was in the the band, the circus band, and uh, it's a brass band. The bass player played tuba, you know, so it was all horns and, and drums. And through that band, I got to know, I got to be really great friends with uh, Stephen Bernstein, who yeah. plays trumpet. He's in that band, um, Sex Mob, yeah. and he was in Lounge Lizards. And uh, I got to keep being friends with him and Doug Weaselman, who's done, done really great stuff. Um, and then through that, I got to play with uh, Robin Holcomb, this great singer and uh, and Bill Frizzell was in the band so before a lot of people knew who he was it was like in the late 80s early 90s um, so it's like you're fish or something you know you swim around you meet other people food and it's chain. all the food chain <laughs> it's interesting you know to keep, and I've always been into like any kind of a lot of different types of music you know definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. you know why not you know you can make it good except if the people are shitheads you know then it's hard to take yeah you served some time with Lou Reed yeah um, I was playing a lot and still do and still know her really well with, with Victoria Williams and from yeah. Shreveport Louisiana she's been out here for a long time she when she was diagnosed with MS yeah. they had this um, um, a benefit in New York for it was at 120 minutes that MTV show where different people were playing her music. So Michael Penn, who I still know and play with, he, he, he said to me, why don't we go out there and be on this show? Because he got invited. And he said, it doesn't, um, it's not going to, well, it won't it's pay. It's a benefit. It doesn't pay anything. There's nothing. It's just give you a f- f- plane ticket out there. So I said, fine. So I'll do that. And then um, we got in the hotel. The um, person at registration desk, she hands me the key and she goes, your key number is um, 1717. That's really good luck. Okay, that's the end of my story. No, th- th- I said, great. And then um, the next day we go to the, uh, we go there to play and you get to meet people. And I saw that Lou Reed was there and then I got to play in his band like that, play behind him. And then, ah. so, I, I mean, because he didn't have a band. Okay. He just had that guy, his, his main guy, Mike Rathke, the guy yeah. he plays. And then, uh, so I played in that with him, and then for like the next two years, they'd call me up to be on uh, Letterman or do a recording or do a show. It was always like really primo stuff. It was great until um, my father got really sick, and then I wanted to be with him. And then then he, and Lou Reed was getting ready to do that record in '96. What was it? It's called like, uh, the Twilight Reeling something. And I said, Yeah, I'm not going to be around for this. Cause he, and and said, Okay, so he'll just get somebody else who's had since then but um, I've seen him a few times and I think I did I did do a tour with Vic opening up for Lou Reed like 
yeah. there were 10 shows. But yeah, it was really cool playing with them. It was during the time when the Velvet Underground Live in Europe record came out. So when we would play on TV or shows, we would do the the Velvet Underground stuff mostly. It was in the band? It, in that band, um, it was Mike Rathke again and, yeah. and Lou and uh, me and... The bass player, it was either Greg Cohen or Rob Wasserman. Oh, wow. And, uh, no, no, Fernando. No, Fernando, no. I don't think I've, I've ever met him. But I know of him, yeah, for yeah, a long he's time. he's done a lot of his stuff. Yeah, Wasserman and Greg Cohen, they have, they're very different than each other. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I've played with Wasserman since then with uh, Ricky Lee Jones and uh, Michael Penn. Yeah. Mm. You never got Belich from Lou Reed. I've heard all these stories, like crazy stuff, and I noticed that he would either be like your brother or a, like a, oh, I've seen him say stuff like to the crew people, like a Jay Leno, like 10 minutes before I was supposed to play. He says, he screams at this crew guy through the microphone. He says, what kind of microphone did I tell you to get me? All of a sudden, he was like this, this complete monster guy. <laughs> But in other times, it was, it was like really fun, you know. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. So what, what happened was you moved from, like, with this band thing to, like, kind of side mouse situation. Pretty much, yeah. A different, you never thought different of things. having a Danny Franco band? No, I mean, these records I do, it's a little bit like that. And I've played yeah. like that. You know, I've done solo things. Um, I would like to do that. Sure, it'd be fun. I, I should look more into that. I mean... There could be a situation where there's a festival or something going on. They would want the the people on this record. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be totally fun. <clears throat> but but playing with all these different situations and stuff, that must have been quite an education for you to bring your drum journey, different school, different right. classrooms. Yeah, that's true. And you really have to you have to put up with a different. A lot of times, like the leader may have like a certain. Uh, they may not be as open as you, you know, like they want some, something kind of straight, you know, and, and then you, you say, okay, well, this is what the conditions are, you know. And, uh, How there, straight is straight? <laughs> there's one, one group bad. where, I, actually, I think the last thing I was in, it was very much like that, but note the catering was excellent. <laughs> so and, if they, they can service the lifestyle, you'll put up with the, the crimping in the art. Well, I always feel like if there's like a good way to do it, the great way to do it, even if it's even if it's not the most avant-garde thing. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever? You you've done a lot of different. I mean, you obviously have done a lot of different situations where you're not like the the guy with the football, right? <laughs> the heave ho. <laughs> <laughs> the coxswain. But you do Pole. great. Oh, you do great Pole. stuff, like. I've moused with, with the Stooges. It'll be eight years in April. Man, that is a great thing. And I've, I've wow. learned to take direction. But the direction is like fantastic, right? It's like that great energy, you know. <laughs> What's that? It's from Egg. The Igster. The Iggylator. Jimmy. Yeah. He's different uh, kind of conductor. Great uh, cat. Wasn't he a drummer? He, doesn't, he was. And he played left-handed. I think I, I saw some photographs of him. He's a lefty. He's like left handed on a right handed kit? He's a left handed like guy, though. He's left, yeah. And he let it be. I, yeah, he didn't I'm too. switch over because, you know. 
Right. Good Where like gee. Kay's left-handed, but she thought, oh, the front oh. hand's supposed to be the... <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, like the more what, She thought that's what something. it was supposed to be, so yeah. she ended up right-handing it. And, uh, and she lives here too, right? Deep, yeah, in the Valley. Studio City. I think uh, maybe the Deep Purple guy played left-handed. Oh, you're right. Ian Pace, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, maybe he had a snare Lefty. still over there, but played left. <laughs> Weird. I, don't, I can't remember so so well, but... Left. 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 Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah. Right, side mouse. Yeah, and then... then the concept, then the plight the, of the side mouse. When you make the... <clears throat> The, the records and yeah, you're the the meister. Sometimes yeah, when I complain to myself or to my wife or to a, a close friend, I'll say like this is why I like to do my own thing. Yeah, this yeah. is when I, this is the time when I don't have to. But you never put, put bands with, together to do gigs and tour. You just do a, do a I, recordings. Yeah, not correct. And, and there's been some exceptions. Yeah, I've done a few things. Um, I think for some. Oh, you know, there's some, there was a benefit for Joe Baeza like a long time ago. I, yeah. I put together this this like freak out jam thing. It was really fun. Yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah, it'd definitely be cool to do more of that stuff. What what, uh, what drummer has been your biggest influence? Uh, definitely those guys uh, that I studied with, Paul Motion and Jim Keltner. Yeah. I got to be friends with him. He recommended me for this really cool coffee table book called uh, Sticks and Skins. It's like 500 different drummers. Because of him, I got to be in it, you know. And How'd you meet him? He's like the, he's the, do you know about him, Brother Matt? He's like the the number one go-to guy, the call, first call But you know what, but but he plays different. That's what I love about it. You know, it's not, you know, Mr. uh, Two and Four. Well, when it's like Mr. Producer gets the phone. Yeah. First call man is Mr. Keltner. Uh, he is just And he started out with Gary Lewis and the Playboys. He started yeah. out as a jazzer too, like with mm-hmm. Gabor Zabo, you know, and, and he has got that great feel and really different. Um how did he How'd you end up meeting him? Oh yeah, because um Bring the Family, that John Hyatt record yeah. that he's on, uh the guy that produced it gave me um Keltner's phone number. I mean, that's how, so I called him. You want to like, take some lessons? <laughs> I, I really wanted to meet him. You know? Oh, okay, and I, and, okay. And I thought it was like, you know, <laughs> here's the number of a drummer. Why don't you go? Oh, so, yeah. yeah, just check this out. But <laughs> that's right. No, no, but, but yeah, here's his number. You want to meet him? Yeah, yeah and then Krasnow knew him. I think. Maybe back then too. Maybe I tried to get a hold of him, like when I was in a hotel room in, in Hollywood, you know, before I'd moved out here. He's he's been like really generous, like a really great guy to talk to. Like, yeah, you'll talk like for hours. It goes into infinity, and not necessarily about drums, but like vitamins or like a or a tree that's outside in the woods. He's a really <laughs> trippy, great guy. Yeah, he's from drummer. Yeah. He's from uh, Tulsa, but he's been out here for a long time. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, yeah, he's definitely an influence. A lot of percussionists have been great influences. And, yeah. and definitely, like, people, there aren't drummers. And Ginger Baker, oh. I, I really liked his... Did you get to meet him? No, I never got to meet him, or not yet. I worked with Chris Goss recently, who 
you know, did that Masters of Reality yeah, record, right. and then that's what kind of uh, made me feel like, yeah, I gotta uh, check him out again. I, I, his playing is just so uh, like tribal and musical, you know. And he's oh, a, hell, he's we're, a we're, super we're character. We're at the end of the first hour. Ah, okay. For the first hour of the February fifteenth, two thousand eleven, Watt for Pedro show. Hold tight. You got it, brother Matt, and my guest, our guest, yeah. Danny Frankel. Greetings, Watt for Pedro cool. show. February 15th, 2011, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Feel the fight, feel the 
Live from Pedro Show. We started the second hour <laughs> off with uh, Never Ending by Gallucci. They're a Sydney band. <laughs> I was just in Australia, New Zealand. And their two brothers are good cats. Is that where you met them? Jake and Timothy Ben. Yeah. Uh, wow. Last We're... big day out I did, I've done three oh, big yeah. day outs, and the last one was in 2006. And uh, That was before actually, now, right? Like 2006? 2006 is probably before now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe five years. Uh-huh. Maybe. My math is good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, first one was 96 with Porno for Pirates, but the second one was oh, 2006. Man. And they, the nickname of this festival is the Big Day Off because you do seven gigs in 22 days. So there was days off, and there was one in Sydney here, and these uh, Gallucci brothers, uh, they asked me mm-hmm. to do a gig with them. My brother Steve McKay, too. <clears throat> in a, a Mexican cantina, well, kind of, it was Sydney, Australia, so, uh, Cantina Pacifica or something it was called, and I played with these guys, you know, did a gig with them, with guys. Were there two guys? There so two drums brothers, and guitar? Jay, yeah. And you, you did it, One yeah. named Timothy Ben, they're good guys. <clears throat> and after that we heard uh, uh, Wedding Ring Hand Job by DMF, I think they're Orange County. And then Saint's Ability to Fall by Engine and the Rail. So uh, this young man gave me his music. <clears throat> this was Saturday at that gig in Santa Monica. Me and Perk played with uh, Brother Wayne Kramer. All right. He had him doing Stooges songs. <laughs> Very interesting interpretation. Brother Wayne. But uh, we just used it for springboards to start jamming out. And he, yeah. I thought he did good. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, it was a trip. Who All Perk instrumental was, or... No, I put some spiel on it, but yeah. we would just leave the song for him and go into Coltrane. Right, Land. wow. Go Perk. And, uh, yeah, Perk was tearing it up. Perk was tearing He played with a beanie on his head the whole time. He's got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, he is strong. You do beanie gigs? Not yet. No, okay. Were you saying, like, with a yarmulke? Well, it wasn't a yarmulke, but... Probably <laughs> 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 the great-grandson of yarmulke, you know, a, a beanie kind of thing. That's uh, hilarious. Yeah, Perk knows those. He's Shlomo Pelko. Is he a Hebraic you know citizen? Shlomo Pelko? That's his name. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, Perk is beautiful, man. I mean, yeah. I love playing with him. Uh, then we heard uh, Lavender Eyes by 51717. But I think if you look at that upside down, Uh-oh. it's Lalise. <laughs> Wow. That's what I think. It might be a lady playing synthesizer or something. So so back to uh, back to the tale of yore. Oh no, we were at uh, young man Peter Edward Baker <laughs> from uh, Lewisham, South London. Right, AKA right. Ginger. He was he had a very distinctive style, huh? Yeah, and he comes from a real jazz thing and he was That's maybe why I love that. God, there's that one on He was already called? like there's thirty one, during That sounds Green. just like take five on one of the records. Well he maybe. done done some five oh it was do what you like. Do what you like on the Yeah, I love Goodbye. that, yeah. Goodbye cream, right? Or no that's on uh, Blind Fresh. Faith. Is that Blind that's where it yeah. is. Great solo. So but I mean, the riff is take five. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you listen to songs like White Room. The, the intro is of your love. The intro is in, they're, in they're, five. They're bizarre kind of drum. Yeah, really great. 
not your typical rock and roll. Yeah, he like a sunshine. Around on the toms a lot. Yeah. Sometimes just stomps, no backbeat. Yeah. I think that's White Room. There's not really a backbeat in it. Yeah, and it's Sunshine. He, he flips the beat around. Sunshine really cool. and Love was strange, too, with the uh, Tom Tom. Yeah, like the pattern. American that's Indian kind thing. of like a, I don't know, Native American yeah. or something. There was that, too, in, uh, what's that Guess Who song? American Woman. Oh, yeah? Yeah, was, oh, yeah I know Think that. about the drum part. It's not symmetrical. The lick is Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Like it's be easy to hear the one in another place. Yeah, for rock and roll, that's you know, that's not the Yeah, it's unique. There there was some strange stuff happening with some rock and roll interpretations, I think Mr. Baker was way into that. Yeah. I guess he didn't get along with the bass man so much. I think they were in a band before where they didn't get along. That's what it was. Yeah, I think it was a band called Graham Bond Organization. That's right. And, and Ginger had fired Jack. And then then later for Cream and Eric and Ginger got together and talking about a bass player and they thought of thought of Jack. And then Ginger went over to Jack's house and, and he he was like that kind of a kook, you know. He he, he hired him again. <laughs> but it only though, lasted like two years. Yeah, Cream only lasted for like two years. A little yeah. bit, but they were very yeah. profound on, yeah. on the whole thing. And Badge, that Badge. tune. Yeah, many, many right. songs. Ange- yeah. Angelico Mysterioso, George Harrison. Exactly, yeah, that, that credit. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the beginning of the bridge, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely his sound. <laughs> Man. And uh, But that's the That's goodbye, Cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I remember Disraeli Gears and uh, yeah. Wheels of Fire. Wheels of Fire was mind-blown because one of them was live and they did a Robert oh, Johnson right. song called uh, Crossroads yeah and the bass I mean he just rolls ding, over ding, clapped ding, it. Ding, ding. yeah, yeah they rock when they it. Get, get into that end part wow he's just like I, I never heard a bass player like that well I couldn't hear many bass guys on the records uh, I could hear uh, James Jamerson I could hear it in uh, R&B wow yeah but rock and roll they like on a Creedence record I can hear yeah. it now but when I was young I couldn't tell what was going on but I could hear Mr. Bruce. I could hear Mr. Whistle. I could hear it mm-hmm. on Who Records. Now Bruce, what you think a, of that drummer? Of of Mr. Keith Moon. Moon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I saw the Who um, recently. Atlantic City Casino and uh, Zach Starkey was playing. That was really great. It was really cool. Did you ever see Keith? But yeah. But going back to Keith, no, I never saw him live. Yeah, I've I, I talked to some people. Yeah, you talked. You saw him. It was at the Forum. It's quite a few for him. <laughs> Keith Moon, wow! But uh, yeah, I, I felt like he played to the to the singer, you know, to the hardly uh, any time. But the bass guy had great time. Yeah, he held uh, it down. Keith played a lot of the, like crazy fills with the cymbals, like in the middle of the fill. Yeah, no high. I think he left it open. Yeah, real wash up. Yeah, and but have you ever heard the demos Townsend did, where he would play the drums himself? No, I haven't heard any of yeah, that. Yeah, stuff like, you know, iconic Mooney stuff, and you hear him with this... And you could tell how Moon just lit the songs up when he came in. Same with the bass, too. Keith Moon. Both those guys, that, that rhythm section. Complete nut, too, his lifestyle, like throwing TVs out of the windows. Yeah, uh, ends up 32. Yeah. He dies at 32. Whoa. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> 
Jeez. terrible, but I mean, he was a, some kind of rock and roll drum. Yeah. That's how George, George Hurley wanted to play drums. Oh, he was really? making his own surfboards up here by the high school. George Hurley? Yeah, and he went to Hawaii twice. Oh, he was living man. on the beach and shit, eating coke nuts and yeah. starving to death. And the waves almost wiped him out, you know. So he said, fuck this surfing shit. I want to learn drums. Mm-hmm. What he did, he got that <clears throat> Happy Jack record, you know. Yeah. And he did with headphones and just played the Keith Moon. That's how I learned. That was like their Sgt. Pepper's record, wasn't it? Didn't it come out around that time? No, it's a little earlier. That's, I oh, think it it's is? their first album. Oh, it is? Yeah, I think it's before my generation. Oh, wait, maybe, oh, maybe of it's Tommy second. Maybe my generation's first. But who sings my generation, I think it was called. Yeah. And then the next one was Happy Jack. Okay, yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe it yeah. was that. But it's one of the early ones. Right. The one around Sgt. Pepper's, I think, the one that Petra did, the a cappella version. The Who's So Loud. That was your idea, wasn't it? Yeah, she didn't know who they were. She grew up in a jazz house, you know. Yeah. So I gave her an eight-track. Charlie. uh, A cassette eight-track, and I put the album on the track eight. And I said, now you fill these other seven up just singing them to it. It was me and D Boone's favorite Who album. So yeah, that was cool. I, I, and the it cover, was never meant she, to be she out or aped the cover too, didn't she? Oh yeah, she went to the bathtub of the it was big just something to do. Yeah. You know, she was with the Victorias a lot. I think during yeah, that time. Right. I was. It was just indulging me. That's I just fun, wanted to man. hear her do it because we loved that record with yeah. the boys. Yeah, I saw her do that at the John S. and Ford Theater. Ah, that outdoor place. Yeah, it's pretty. Silly. Oh, with their choir. With their choir. Yeah. yeah. She's an incredible musician. She's been on the show a few times. She has? Mm-hmm. Petra. Character. She's got a band now with Yuka Honda called If By Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, I think my, my friend Doug played with them. Yuka C. Yuka C. Honda. Right? That's what she calls herself now. This is Yuka C. Honda. Yeah. Yeah, Petra uh, plays on I think one they of were just tracks. here. She, she's also a member of the Nels Klein Singers. Yeah. Right. So they That's were, right. They were. And they got a new bass guy, Trevor Dunn. Because Devin. Is Hoff, yeah, he's been in Chicago, yeah. and I think he wants to move here. I'm not sure. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, hard living in Chicago. Good music scene, though. Yeah, I love that town a lot. But uh, yeah, and he's an incredible bass player. He wants to yeah. do a duo album with me. Oh wow! The Emma Goldman Bust Out Brigade. That's what I want to call it. <laughs> A trip. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> the Emma Goldman bust out. And speaking of busting out, we're going to bust out now with Brother Matt. Cool. Give a little quick shout out to Chicago, too, because there's a lot of Minutemen fans gathering there for this Sunday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they're going to go Girls off. Rock Benefit or something. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. I wish I was going to be there. Nell's going to be there.
much brother matt that's fucking fun yeah. what was your inspiration and well i started off having no come but we were talking about yuka and i had a yuka disc sitting right in front of me so i figured we were yeah start there and then uh, just just see what happens infinity yeah that was thank fun you. thank you very much danny yeah, yeah thank you and uh Helping out with the spin cycle. Yeah. Spin cycle. Sounds out of those things. Yeah. Yeah, the spin cycle, Brother Matt does his trip and we yeah. got guests that are musically inclined. We invite them to jump they jump on in. Yeah, cool. Who else has jumped in? Nels did it. Oh, really? Very yeah, cool. Mrs. Burke. Yuka did it is, with the did. synthesizer. Yeah. Oh, man, too much. Perk did it on drum. Flea. Joe Boone, D. Boone's brother, Flea did it. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, right. Who was scared? We had somebody on who has never done improvising. It, wasn't, it bummed him out. <laughs> he wasn't into it. Miss Lara. Right, right. She's oh, an incredible no. musician, but where she plays, they don't improvise. Oh, right, so she didn't know she, she, how to relate. She could like, play to... every instrument, and she was like kind of deer in the headlight, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little scary. She got into it, but I remember her just kind of... Oh, you know, it's, She it's, was feeling very awkward about it. It's the best when you just get lost in it, and then you keep on adding things, you know, that then, yeah, but otherwise... It's, it's, it's a pad like, shit. Yeah, Doug, watch you you'd sit back, listen for a minute, and then just jump right in with the... <laughs> Yeah, there's Brother Matt. Brother Matt. I didn't have your mic up there, Brother Matt. Sorry about that. Oh, well. They heard me before. <laughs> wow. He had to Same mime. Dude. Same dude. He had to mime it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, most... Some folks are intimidated a little bit, but most 
get into it. Nels oh. must have rocked oh, it. He brought this little he, he was, uh, his sponges, uh, spatula. guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this little backpacker guitar. You yeah, a whisk trip. Let's see, my old pook uh, man cleaner friend, who Tony Platten. He has never pl- played with other musicians. Never had a band. Only just had a right. guitar. So he. He is whales. Eddie Van Halen, whale, constant. Half oh, hour, but half not, hour. it didn't matter like what those questions were. Yeah, he's great. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. Hello, Guitar Center. That's cool. Yeah. So there's been many different kinds of approaches. Love it. To it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the common thread, of course, is Brother Matt. Totally fun. It's cool. And, like you play and then you. And then you stop and just let it take mm. on its own thing, you know, then jump into it again, you know, no need to uh, play constantly. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, sit it, back. It's moving, you know. You could deal with the latency. Yeah, I could, yeah, after a while, yeah, I felt, felt fine I with it. get to add more flavor. Flavor. <laughs> I think it's the best. Okay, head call. Maybe uh, it's a good time for some spoken word. Cool. Psalm 3. How long the nights of my pain, Lord, and short the days of my joy? Why does darkness shroud my soul at noon, and light stop at my doorway? Is it my knees you want me to bend? Is it my will you would have me surrender? I bow to no man, so how can I surrender to you? You talk of mercy, but I dispense judgments. You talk of love, but I must live in strength. You talk of forgiveness, yet must I be ready to defend. I deal with my tormentors as they would me. Better I should not hear your voice when all you say drives me mad, and all I can do is scream at the darkened sun, Shine, shine! And thaw the frozen marrow of my bones, O Lord, O Lord, how short the days of my joy. How long the nights of my despair. Homeboys lost in rhyme and data toss inside them, adding costs and finding meaning from the outside in. Well, what gets heard? Hey, that's the word. But what gets failed is something else. Ruptured structures them days, upward puncture these days, pump the sump, sure whale away the juncture from then to day. Hollywood, but couldn't, though I could, but wouldn't. Put me with Madonna, find me a turbo-whaled sonata. Figured I could marry every dictionary, find the truth that's buried in the soup we carry. Give and go, I follow up. Whistle blows, we're lined up. Homeboy throws his best up. I choke and fuck lay up. It is easy. It is easy to believe that we are still in the Middle Ages. Watch what happens when the electricity goes off. The idea of a holiday celebration in Detroit is to burn down their houses. It's encouraged to hate rather than love, unless it is a so-called love that is obsessive, dependent, jealous, and life-destroying. It's encouraged to believe that smoking cigarettes and dreaming of dying like Sylvia Plath is sexually attractive. It's encouraged to believe that ignorance is cool and that being greedy is being shrewd. It is not encouraged to look for the unchanging history of nature that we falsely believe we are separate from. It is not encouraged to follow the trail of consciousness until we become the serpent swallowing our own tail. 
It's encouraged to strive toward insanity and death in a culture that thinks God is patriotic, that can't tell sentimentality from emotion, and confuses misery and depression with art. Watch for Pedro show. Uh, heard some spoken word there. This was from uh, something Harvey Kubernick got together, but I don't think it ever came out. It was called Holly, Holly Word. And we heard uh, Psalm 3 by Hubert Selby Jr. He's probably better known as a writer. Yeah. Back, last exit in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah. Then we heard what what gets heard, and that's mm. me doing a spiel. I ended up using that for Pharaoh's song. And then It Is Easy by Ethan James, the late great Ethan James. Did you ever know him? He ran a studio in Venice called uh, Venice, California. Oh, uh, yeah. Called Radio Tokyo. Yes, I, I've we, heard, I never met him. I've heard all about yeah, that. That's yeah. where we did Double Nickels on the Dime. Oh, wait a minute. Did he play uh, Hurdy Gurdy? He did. I, I, I saw that guy once. I remember him, yeah. yeah. He oh, started playing wow. Hurdy Gurdy. No, no, actually, he started down here, but did then he? he moved up there and he sometimes was a feature soloist of their Philharmonic and oh, stuff. Wow. I remember He got this really guy. good at it. And liver cancer took him a Is few that what it was? Yeah. Is it, oh, like liver cancer from like hard. Living like drinking and drugs, yeah. I mean that. that yeah, okay. <laughs> Wherever you get it, yeah, it is somewhere. <laughs> wow, yeah, I, I liked him. And, anyway, Ethan was a beautiful man. For yeah. a while there, he was the fourth member of uh, Blue Cheer. He was the keyboard guy. Oh man, well, when he was known as Ralph Kellogg. Uh. <laughs> but he was a beautiful man, and I worked a lot with him. He did the first two uh, Dose albums. No, first three. Oh, and he cool. did uh, yeah, first two Pyro's albums. He did a bunch of Minutemen. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a good guy. Really good cat. And uh, cheers to Harvey Kubernick, too. He's a, like a spoken word god. That yeah, guy he's is still like around. So committed still to around. doing that stuff. We came to the end of the second hour of the February 15th, 2011. Watt for Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. February 15th, 2011. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. And here comes... Part four of uh, Jack Flanders' adventure, brand new, uh, Steam Dreamers of Inverness, part four. Jack, Mojo, and Claudine are each having a different experience within that room they call Steam Dreams. There is an old cast iron slide projector that operates on steam. The photographic images are three-dimensional, black and white, created by shadows and light and misty particles of steam. Projected in the center of the room is a city with figures from an era long past. At the edge of this city, Jack discovered what appears to be the original Inverness mansion that once existed in Scotland. Hovering over the city is a huge zeppelin and within the zeppelin is Mojo. He stands in the lounge, listening to the voices, but no one is moving. The passengers appear frozen in time. Or are they? He stands perfectly still, barely breathing. And sure enough, suddenly, a head turns, a hand gestures, a cigarette touches a woman's lips, there's a puff of smoke, and then they freeze. Man, that's like stop motion. Can I get in sync with that? When they move, I'll move. When they stop, I'll stop. Ah, they gave another little twitch. 
Another one that wasn't a jerk, it was more like a jolt, like they hopped ahead a few frames. <laughs> yeah, they're becoming more frequent, almost like spasms. There's something to be said for sinking yourself up to your surroundings. You begin to see things you never would have seen before. Yeah, people are jerking forward now. It's a little like a flip book. All those still frames slowly flicking past. If it gets going fast enough, I'll be in a moving picture. Did I see a cloud jiggle by the outside of the window? Man, I think we're moving. I don't know, but maybe we're going somewhere. Is it really you, Colette? I am real. Why did you go away? You listened to them, and you no longer believed. And one day, you were gone. No, no, I was there, but your world had closed your eyes. And now, you are grown up. You too, Claudine. I missed you. We can be together now. How? Trust me. Meanwhile, Mojo has been watching the woman in the red dress. She is smoking a cigarette that's been inserted into a cigarette holder that's at least a foot long. She has the appearance of someone who is rich and terribly bored. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Who are you? I'm the piano man. I thought they had a player piano. <laughs> they do. That's me. Hmm. Well, what do you want? I want to know where we're going. <laughs> they not tell you? I just got on board back there and I didn't think to ask. What does it matter? You are here to piano play. It'd still be nice to know where we're going to end up. Do we ever end up anywhere? <laughs> well, you got a point there, but uh, are we flying in circles? If we flew around the world, would you say, why do we fly in circles? <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Perhaps we fly to the ends of the earth and then back, eh? That's more like what I figured. You, a strange man. Where are you come from? Oh, Philadelphia. Ugh, no wonder. And where do you come from? From here. Where else? I don't think you were born on this, Zeppi. You, get me drink. What would you like? Martini. Dry? Of course. Hmm. If I get her a martini, I think I better get myself one, too. <laughs> Man, this is getting weird. Meanwhile, inside the tower, or is it inside Jack's mind? Well, whatever. Hmm. There are tall, cylindrical shapes out there. But what are they? Hmm. Whatever they are, they're, they're not moving. Of course, nothing moves here. Are they trunks of trees or are they pillars? Oh, it's like a living Parthenon. The tops of the trees form a canopy. Hmm, trunks are as smooth as marble. There's a light coming from deep within. How far back does it go? things. Oh, they're sculptures. 
carvings of strange creatures. They, they look like mythological beasts, monsters from legends and folklore and, and fantasy. Wow. This one resembles a phoenix. This one, a griffin. What's this? A four-legged creature with wings and an eagle's head. And here's what I believe is called a hippocamp. Front half horse and back half fish. Oh, and a gorgon. Gargoyle and a Medusa. How'd you like to be married to her, Jack? <laughs> what imagination people had back then. Or is it my imagination? What if all these creatures are inside of me? I've met a few before. Maybe the time has come to meet the others. I sure hope not. Claudine, there is nothing here. You can't see this? Of course I can. But this voice you hear, whoever you're talking to, none of it is real. Why does it need to be real? I'm sorry, Claudine, but it's the steam and the heat. You're hallucinating. Sanford... You give it time, they'll come to you. Even Mojo can see what this is. What do you mean? He called this the cabinet of ultimate illusions. So? Our lives are illusions, are they not? Do you seek truth in illusion? Yes, of course, we all do. Where else is there to look? You order, sir? I'd like a couple of martinis. Dry. Uh, you see that woman in red over there? Put it on her tab. While he's uh, shaking up the drinks, I'm going to look out the window and see if they're going anywhere. I don't know if it's gotten cloudy or is everything getting fuzzy. Everything is going out of focus. Oh, damn. I was looking forward to that martini. <laughs> Are these sculptures melting? Are they just made out of wax? Everything is dissolving. I I'm losing it. Oh, shoot. I thought we'd put enough coal in there to last us all night. I'm going to check out that old steam projector. Jack, what time is it? Well, we've been here for about two hours now. Is that possible? But nothing happened. I accomplished nothing. What did you expect to happen, Claudine? I felt I was getting close to something. Yeah, same here. Can we please leave? This room is stifling. My clothes are soaked with sweat. We didn't run out of steam. That projector shut itself down. The next day, Jack and Claudine are up and about, enjoying the early afternoon on the patio. So, Claudine, what did Sanford think of our little steam adventure? He didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't think he would. Well, he just wouldn't let himself go. Well, 
He's used to being in control of himself. And probably everyone else around him, too. Oh, good morning, Mojo. Good morning. I thought it was afternoon. Well, who knows anymore? Have you seen Sanford? Is he okay? I haven't seen him. What's the book? Are you back to reading the Bible? Yes. No. I was reading about the Buddha. You know, once a man came up to him and spat in his face. No. Oh, yeah. Spat right in his face. What a terrible thing to do. The Buddha's closest disciple was Ananda. And he was so angry, he asked the Buddha for permission to trash the guy. Well, what did the Buddha do? Well, he just wiped his face and said to the man, Thank you, sir. <laughs> no. Come on, really. Yeah. <laughs> he told the man, You created a situation where I could see whether I could still be angry or not. And I'm not angry. And that makes me very happy. Amazing. The Buddha said, You have also created a situation for Ananda. Now he can see that he can still be angry. We are both very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Buddha added, So whenever you have the urge to spit on somebody, you can come to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did the man respond to Oh, that? he was shocked. He was trying to get the Buddha angry. So that night, the man couldn't sleep. He kept seeing the Buddha sitting there calmly, wiping the spit off his face and saying, Thank you, sir. Hmm. It kept playing over and over in his head. Well, you know, he deserved it. So early the next morning, the man went back, fell down at the feet of the Buddha, and asked forgiveness. The Buddha said, Forget it. <laughs> really? There's no need to ask for forgiveness, the Buddha said, for something that has passed. So the Buddha forgave the man? No. He didn't? No, he wouldn't forgive him. Oh, come on. The Buddha said, I cannot forgive you because I wasn't angry with you. Hmm. If I had been, I could have forgiven you. But if you really need forgiveness, ask Ananda. Fall at his feet. He will love it. <laughs> <laughs> What a Buddha. Oh, yeah. Later that afternoon, Sanford White joins the group. Good afternoon, everyone. You slept well, Sanford? Oh, yes. This country air is excellent. We were wondering what you thought of our steamoscopic dream machine. Do you want my honest opinion? Of course. I believe you are mesmerized. Claudine, you told me it was addictive, yes? I don't know. Is it? I think you should destroy it before it destroys you. Oh, come on. It's taken over your life. It's become your life. Sanford, there's so much more to discover. Yes, it's like an exploration into your own imagination. Oh, well, so why is that bad? Because you are addicted to it. I hear what you're saying, but there are things going on in there that's not the stuff I could come up with on my own. There was a reason that the room was sealed up and kept secret. Obviously, Dr. Missoula knew about it, but did he ever tell you? There were a lot of things Missoula never told anyone. I think if you did some research into the early days of Inverness, you may find an interesting history of insanity. <laughs> I have to admit, this is a pretty nutty place. <laughs> Man, I've seen things here that I still don't believe. <laughs> Sanford, are you saying we should seal the room back up? I believe that your steam cabinet of ultimate self-delusions was created by someone who was more than a magician. He was an alchemist. 
And as you know, alchemy has a long history of insanity. Look, we're aware of the dangers. We know it may be addictive. Yeah, and like any drug, it can give you a glimpse of God, but it won't give you God. And the price you'll pay for that glimpse? Is it worth it? Yes, it is. If you know when to quit. And when is that? Well... I'm all for quitting now. Oh, no, Jack, not yet. There's someone who is waiting for me. You're right. I don't know what it is, but there's something maybe waiting for me, too. Well, I may have a martini waiting for me. (laughs) It's like trying to reason with opium addicts. It could be worse. Oh? You ever try reasoning with a speed freak? Actually, I have. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are all quite mad, but I'm afraid I'll have to include myself, too. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'll tell you what. Let's do one more dream, okay? Then we'll call it quits. Now, how's that? Uh, That's cool. Just one? I think Sanford here is seeing this more clearly than we are. Thank you, Jack. We know there's something perhaps a, a little more dangerous than we can recognize. I don't feel any danger. So tonight is the last time, okay? Let's meet here at eight. Sanford, are you coming with us? I will, but I will not participate. That's okay. We can use an independent observer. Well, I'll get that old fire breather stoked up and ready to go. You need a hand? No, no, no. I need the exercise. (laughs) I'm beginning to build up some muscle here. (laughs) It's early evening. Down in the cellar, the furnace is roaring away. Our explorers prepare for their final adventure into that land of steamy dreams. Have you seen Sanford? He said he was going for a walk. Well, it's after eight. Well, he knows the way, and he wasn't going to be involved anyway. And uh, you want to be free to do your own exploring. Yeah, so? So what? Well, fine, fine. I just meant to ask you, uh, who did you meet in your steam dream? A friend from childhood. Oh, really? Well, I was the only one who could see her. An invisible friend? Yes. And now we're both grown up. Have you been talking about old times? I'll tell you later. I'll leave a note for Sanford. I, uh, I wanted to say that you were right about him. He's okay. Hmm. And now you trust him, huh, Jack? Um, yeah, I, I think I do. Oh, it took long enough. Sometimes it takes what it takes. And sometimes you are impossible. <laughs> And once again, back inside the steam room, the trio takes their places. Man, I want to get back up there with Mr. Zeppi. And I want to talk to my friend. I'm going back up into that tower. So now, let the dreams begin. And there it is, the fourth tower, waiting for me. Come on down here, Zeppi. I'm coming back on board. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm yours. And once again, Mojo is standing in the lounge of the Great Zeppelin. And as before, everyone is perfectly still. He can hear their voices, but they are like ghosts or spirits, captured by this strange photographic device. If I stand still, 
just stay cool like before. Maybe I'll get back in sync with them. If they twitch, I'll twitch. If they scratch themselves, I'll scratch myself. And so he waits, and as before, suddenly a head turns, a hand gestures, a cigar is lit. They're coming alive again. Well, maybe not alive, but lively. Someone bows. And Mojo bows too. The woman in red is still standing there. She's smoking a cigarette. She's blowing smoke in little jerky puffs. <laughs> I better check on those drinks. How are those two martinis coming? Here you are. Thanks. I gotta taste this. Just like I figured. No taste. It's not even wet. Excuse me? I have your drink. Thank you. Sorry it took so long. Mm. I needed this. You can taste it? You cannot taste? <laughs> Mine is so dry, it's not even wet. How you say? Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. You know, I think I can taste it a little. Good. We'll finish. We'll have another. <laughs> and back within the tower... Jack finds himself once again among the forest of trees with trunks as smooth as marble pillars. These sculptures of mythical beasts have changed. They're much more detailed. They don't seem worn down by time and the elements as they did before. It's as though they were just carved last night. They're so fresh, so vibrant. They're almost alive. Uh-oh. I wonder, will they become alive? Well, I've come this far. I may as well keep going. Hmm, there's a strange light coming from deep within. It's too tempting not to continue. And back in this strange Victorian city, Claudine is waiting for someone. Claudine, I can hear you. What do you want? I want to know why you are here now. Why did you know me before? I don't know. Maybe because I was alone. I needed a friend. Here, take my hand. Can you feel my hand? Yes. I think I do. Will you trust me? I'll try. I have so much to show you. Is there anything here to eat? Are you hungry? I just want to see if I can taste anything. <laughs> you like caviar? The finest caviar is Sturgeon Roe from the Caspian Sea. Can't say I ever tried that. Here. Open mouth. <laughs> That's it. Ah, there. Mmm. You know like? I can't tell. Oh, that's too bad. I'm just getting my taste here. You, you got something with a little more zest. Mm, spicy? Oh, they got any jalapenos? Pepper? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Here, try this. What's that? Truffles. Open wide. Hmm. I'm getting some texture. No taste? Maybe a little. You know, the longer I stay here... 
It's all becoming more solid. I know. Did that happen to you? Is that why you were here? For some, yes. For me, no. Is this place going to become so real that where I come from isn't going to seem real anymore? Don't let that bother you. Well, I am beginning to like it here. Then stay and play. Come, sit down, piano man. Play for me, please. <laughs> okay, I can do that. changing. I'm going through the full spectrum of colors. I feel like I'm, I'm on a journey into my subconscious mind, going deeper and deeper into something that, that my own wishful thinking is making real. It's like this place is, is reaching into my psyche and pulling forth images and, and shaping a reality around it. is the lotus jukebox the source of it all but I don't believe it no not for an instant well okay maybe for an instant I'll believe it but that's it Jack walks up to the jukebox with its celestial lights constantly changing colors he places his hand on the warm, friendly, and, in a way, almost benevolent, even compassionate, glowing machine. Yeah, it feels solid, all right. But I know there's nothing here. If life really is a dream, what difference does it make, whether I'm here or, or whether I'm back there? Well... What songs do we have listed on here? Huh. Dreams of Rio, really. Dreams of India. Dreams of Bali. Dreams of Sumatra. Dreams of the Blue Morpho. They're all my dreams. Yeah. I should have known. What I've been searching for, for all these years is inside myself I knew that but I kept looking outside <laughs> what was that? something's happening the jukebox it, it's cracking it's shattering into pieces the pillars they're splintering everything is falling down around me on top of The Zeppelin is breaking apart. Hey, lady, do you know what's happening? Take my hand. Don't be afraid. Are we going to relive the Hindenburg Damn! It's all right. Stay here with me. Oh, man, I think this is the end. The city. What is happening to it? Oh, don't leave me, Claudia. I can't see you. I can't see anything. Please, don't leave me. Mojo, what's going on? I, I don't know. There, there's steam everywhere. <laughs> what the heck is that? It's Sanford. 
He's bashing the projector with a sledgehammer. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have trusted him. Hey, Sanford, stop that. <laughs> One day you'll thank me. Well, that's not today, man. He's gone wacko. Claudine. Hey, hey, Claudine, you okay? I'm finished. Oh, yeah, Uh-oh. Like you finished it all right. Hey, Cast iron. wake up. Oh, they made come on. Last. Come back. Well, that's the oh, thank you. Oh, I was right. No, I needed that. Well, trust nice you. to see you're back with your humor intact. You didn't trust what us. happened? Well, Sanford took a sledge to our steam projector. Uh, he did? Why? So that one day we'll thank him. What? Yeah, I know. And later, having shut down the furnace, Jack, Mojo, Claudine, and Sanford White gathered together in the patio as the sun slowly rises above the misty hills of Inverness. More coffee, Jack? Ah, uh, yes, please. Mm. It's good coffee. Thank you. You seem very pleased with yourself, Sanford. One day, you will all be thanking me. Maybe forgiven, but uh, I don't know about thanking. All of you were mesmerized by that infernal machine. You never would have stopped. Not until it sucked away your very souls. Oh, come on. That's ridiculous. Perhaps. But would you have quit on your own? Actually, yes. I saw it for what it is. Or what it was. But what was it? Who were those people? Mojo, do you know? I'm still trying to figure that out. Well, some of them may have just been people like ourselves that just preferred to be there. Is that possible? <laughs> I have no idea. Life was pretty sweet there. I was just getting a taste for it. <laughs> and it was getting a taste for you. Oh, Sanford, they weren't vampires. Were they not ghosts? Well, I don't think so, no. I guess it's back to watching TV at night, huh? I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Yeah, well... I'm ready to turn in, too. I'm leaving. Are you leaving right now? I am. Oh, you don't have to go. I'm certain there are other things here you can find to take a sledge to. What I did was necessary. Oh, yeah, right. Sounds like uh, your limousine is arriving. Jack, Claudine, Mojo, I appreciated your hospitality. Oh, Sanford, go home. Yeah, get lost. One day... You may want to thank me, <laughs> but that's not today. <laughs> Once again, it's evening in the old Inverness estate. The mist is forming in the valley below. Mojo and Claudine are sitting outside, looking extremely bored. Maybe it's time I go home, too. Mm, why so soon? Because there is nothing more to do. Well, you can look at the stars. <laughs> it's all cloudy tonight. Ah, there you are. You know what? Mm, no. What? I had old Art look at our poor, smashed-up steam dream machine. <laughs> Sanford really beat that thing up. Yeah. But it was only the cast iron casing, not the internal mechanism that got smashed. But there were pieces all over the floor. I know. But old Art looked it over, and he said, Ah, oh, that's a shame. 
but it's nothing that old King Cole can't weld back together again. Really? Yeah, that's what he said. Maybe I'll get a taste of that caviar after all. Maybe. <gasps> Do you really think so? Huh? We can all dream, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Watch from Pedro Show. You just heard part four of Steam Dreamers of Inverness. Uh, brought to you by the good folks at ZBS Media. You can go visit them at zbs.org. Uh, Mr. Meatball Fulton, much respect to you for your wild and creative, righteous, intense mind. And uh, sending Jack on those travels with Mojo and all that. Uh, and uh, Mr. Danny will get to uh, experience, right? Because you're going to tell your buddies right away that you're up on the latest edition of the Live from Pedro show. You got it. Okay. I'm glad you dug Brother Matt's spin cycle. Now, yeah. yeah, it was totally fun. Get, getting back to your uh, drumming journey, soldier. Yeah. Uh, so you went from band life to side mouse life. Just from some accidental meetings of peoples. Right, exactly. You yeah. never planned on do, doing that, right? Right, yeah. And I was just kind of open to doing different things. Um, you come out to California, it just balls out. There's one There's one band I was in with a, a citizen named Dean Chamberlain. Ah! It was way back. Code then. Blue? Yeah, he was in that... And this band is called Skin. God, it was way back. And that, that was before I met up with those uh, new vaudevillian people, Flying Carmosov Brothers. That that definitely was like a, a band, you know, where we'd rehearse like a few times a week and I play did the Madame Wongs. Did you really? There was a gig at, for at a his, benefit, and it was Randy California, oh, right, Dallas Taylor, and Ray Manzanera. Dallas Taylor, wow. He was the drummer. He brought him the, in a Porsche. <laughs> the Lord <laughs> took him away, Dallas, right? Yeah. I think he's not around. Yeah. And Randy, too. Randy died saving his son from a riptide. He's surfing. I read about that. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. And anyway, Dean, maybe it was his practice battery he ran or something, but one whole bulkhead was mirrors. And they started oh. jamming out them mirrors. What turned around? <laughs> what turned around? I guess that wasn't prac. That was rehearsal. <laughs> what turned around? But quick. Yeah, real quick. Now this was on Lillian Way, I bet, right off of Santa Monica. Oh and, shit, and, it was. And uh, Vine. It was. Yeah, that was his his place. Okay, so it was his dad. So you remember the mirrored ball? Remember bulkhead. that? Yeah, okay. I remember that. Did you did you face it? I set up uh, side at a ninety degree angle. <laughs> no, I had I had to. I was facing the. Did the you mirrors. avert your eyes? Was a mirror like a weird Velcro thing? No, this was fucking mirrors. I remember. <laughs> I could see everybody. And everybody was like in it. Oh, in, in the rock. I was like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Better turn about here. Kind of funny. <laughs> oh, Peter Case was there too. Oh, oh yeah. good. They're all nice people. There. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, that, that definitely felt like a band because yeah, I mean it had. Not to uh, mock anyone, but it had that tension, which I think we're talking about, which I oh, think is strength. Verbs. Yeah, it's, it's, it can strengthen the band. Like yeah. when people like, uh, sure, have like, you know, like this tight clenched fist, yeah, uh, yeah. bad, weird, competitive things. Yeah. Uh, 
that, that can strengthen a band, you know, like how Cream had that. Yeah, right. I guess like maybe every every band <laughs> in one way or another. Um, oh, that, well, actually, the band with the Flying Karmazov Brothers that felt like a band. Yeah, the Kamikaze Ground Crew—that's what we were called. Yeah, and you guys were like yeah. kind of the audio part of the act. Yeah, we do stuff on stage so you'd have too. To do stuff cool. to uh, probably coordinate with their acrobatics. Yeah, there's funny. Uh, yeah, kind of vaudeville. Comedian. Definitely, yeah, the new Happen. vaudeville kind of thing. And get this, we rehearsed, we we memorized. He's got a, a, Perkins beanie on. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Maybe this is his. Kamikaze no, his had like cool a patch. Man. His had like a patch on the front, and it said something like, <laughs> "Like hardcore, <laughs> wicked no hardcore, wicked pisser." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't run into that guy in a long time. Yeah, I saw that at a benefit for Petra at the that knitting factory in Hollywood. He was he was playing. Yeah. yeah, yeah my, my my wife organized that. Yeah, that was a pretty cool benefit. Yeah, it was for Petro when she got hit by the car. Sure, I remember. Broke her leg. Yeah. She was in a crosswalk, too. Yeah. Yep, in Venice. Big Venice, yeah. Yeah. That was the last time I saw Perk. Sir Perk, yeah. Oh, man. That was a little while ago. That was, actually. Now yeah. he's got a son. Oh, he does? Yeah, named Eden. Wow. And he's got drumsticks. <laughs> so he's starting to get into the, yeah, the Ponderosa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Pounderoni. <laughs> oh, big respect to Perk. Him and Sydney uh-huh. trying 10 years. Finally came through. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, what happened with the Dean machine? Oh, yeah, what happened was th- there were just too many conflicts with yeah. this, this thing. The, the, the strengthening thing. With the what? The, the, with the vaudevillian. No, trip. but with the, the, with the code or Dean. Uh, yeah. No more strengthening from differences. It was weakening. You, you mean like... Well, you said the, opposite the things kind of make stronger. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. Yeah, that and it just, there was like conflicts with schedule, so yeah. it's better. Yeah, if it's... If it's no. uh, okay. Yeah. Scissors. Yeah, but I, I run into some of those people every once in a while. Yeah, that's why you've got to be a nice here. person because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you run into people. <laughs> karma, karma. Monitors. They're the karma monitors. <laughs> this friend I once said, "Here, you know, I, I want to give you this." Okay, what is it? it's a U.S. version. It comes out March. Oh, 1st. great! Okay, Raymond did the cover there. Who's That's on my this? Third opera, Tom Watson, Raul Morales. Oh, right! Oh, yeah, yeah. Raul Pedro guy, Tom Manhattan. Man, great. Beach. Can you play some of this? Uh, it's one what? big song. Okay. So you you gotta listen to it all. Yeah. In your thing, it's one big song in thirty parts. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But you want to play some music now? Now I've played some of this Jupiter stuff. You have, I know. I think you you liked uh, the youth hostel on Jupiter. Yeah, I played a few of them. But it, let's play something off of it. And uh, you also wanted to play some cream. Yeah, let's let's play some uh, Danny Frankel uh, informed tunage. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you.
from Pedro Show. Just heard a chunk of music selected by our guest, Mr. Danny Frankel. Greetings. Started off with Avenue Shalom Lachem by Disaspera Hollywood. Right. Featuring Stephen Bernstein. Yes, right. Our Mr. Zorn, of course, put it together, yep. right? Uh, what's this? Tadzik? Is that his label? Yeah, well, how do you say it? Zadik? Or Zadik? Ta- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oy vey. Like my pop said, I would fuck up a two-car cracker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There you go. Then Excuse we heard me. The Birdcage by Mr. Danny Frankel himself on one yep. of his uh, recordings where he gets to liberate himself from the... Uh, 
trials and tribulations of being the side mouse. The side mouse, yeah. Side mouse is great, too. She can't learn everything being the boss, so it's good. Life's about taking turns. I know about that, too. And then we heard something from the Great Cream Power Trio, that defined Power Trio. We're going wrong. And finally, Primavera by Robin Holcomb. And uh, yeah, tell me something about the last one. I, I I know about the other three. With the Robin Holcomb thing? Yeah, I don't know. This first time for me. Yeah, so she was, she's married to Wayne Horvitz, who was in that band Naked City. Yeah, with yeah, the Zorn and yeah. Frizzell and really Joey Baron. Yeah, interesting stuff. Genre hopping—that's what they would call their music. Like be like three <laughs> seconds of speed metal and like yeah, yeah. biker blues and some <laughs> classical thing and like LA TV jazz yeah yeah really wacky Scott Joplin yeah the, no Tom so, Scott who is that Tom Scott oh the I see the, the, the sax guy it's yeah. all those 70s oh right yeah in fact there's a was it Baker Gervitz Army the, there was the a, ginger a, a, was a there was a Ginger Baker Proj I think he was jamming on is that right something like that my 70s Wanky. memory is addled but anyway, right. and so Mr. Robin Hulk and Frizzell, yeah, Frizzell was an, an, an exciting, an it, unknown it before, Bill Frizzell. Yeah, because it, it was before people knew of him, and yeah, this is a pretty cool tune. Yeah, he's been bitching have you aboard. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really fun. Big respect. F U N. Incredible yeah. drummer and percussion, Thanks. and just righteous cat. And uh, it's really an honor for us to have you on. And thanks, likewise. Okay. I love this town, too. I want to have you back because you've probably got more spiel. You can uh, turn uh, both me and Brother Matt and the listeners on. Cool. And likewise, too. And another throwdown with the spin cycle. Throw it down. Okay. So it's... uh, 2011. Brother Matt, too, thank you for your always essential aiding and abetting. Indeed. From the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point. It's been February 15, 2011. Watt from Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah. <laughs>